this tool, it not only keeps you accountable in terms of you know what you're doing, but it's also great motivation. And I really feel that it, it's gotten me into the pool more than I would have otherwise done if I didn't have those goggles, because I just feel like I'm not alone in the pool anymore. I can see this and that hour goes by much faster. And then I find myself going in the app all the time, just like checking stuff out and oh, wow, that's interesting. That's, that's crazy. I actually am super slow on that third 50. I had no idea. And uh, it's kind of cool in that way, both the real time experience and the offline experience and then being able to share with the community that kind of makes it just more fun for anybody. And it doesn't matter if you're a triathlete or a competitive swimmer or a beginner fitness swimmer. I think for anybody thinking about picking up swimming again or going into swimming, this is just a tool that will it'll get a higher chance for you to actually stay in the pool and, and go to practice more, more times a week because it's fun. It's not always hard work. We always say we can make you faster, quicker. So it's just like that learning loop is just much shorter. And this is something that of course we've come to expect in running and cycling. And now we can do that in swimming as well. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Triathlete Beat Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 4. If you are a triathlete or swimmer of any level or just someone who loves a good piece of technology, you're in for a treat. Today on the show, we have Dan Eisenhart, the CEO of Form Swim, the company behind the world's first smart swim goggles, aka the world's smartest swim goggles. So Dan is no stranger to swimming and emerging technology. Before starting Form, Dan swam competitively for 14 years and founded Recon Instruments, which introduced the world's first smart eyewear for sports in 2010. Recon pretty much made snow goggles for sports like skiing and sunglasses for cycling and running, all of which had the basic functionality of a smartphone right there in front of your eye as you did those activities. They were a company well ahead of their time and acquired by Intel in 2015. Today, Forum still employs many of those from the original Intel Recon squad, and let's just say they really know swimming and they really know tech. Dan and I discuss his journey to creating Form. We talk about all the goggles features and other fun topics like Dan's experience filming the goggles promo commercial and his vision on the future of triathlon tech. Now you might be wondering, what makes these Form Swim goggles so special and smart? Well, at a minimum, the goggles are created with the highest quality of materials, so you already know you're getting a swim goggle that's comfortable, durable, and built to last. In addition, the goggles can display all the swimming metrics that you'll ever need right there in front of your eye as you swim. There's a list of 12 metrics, but they include split time, pace per 100, distance, interval time, rest time, and even heart rate if you have a Polar OH1 heart rate monitor or a compatible smartwatch. I mean, come on. All those metrics that we have while running and cycling, we now have them for swimming, and that's pretty awesome. It's also 2020, which means yes, the goggles sync with Strava and Training Peaks, and yes, the goggles come with its own app for both iOS and Android. The app breaks down all your metrics into easy to read tables and charts for you and even your coach to learn and improve upon for your next workout. Now, I don't recall seeing a share to Instagram story feature yet, but I'm sure that's in the pipeline. And if it's not, and a form you're listening to this right now, please eventually add a share to Instagram story feature because if it's not on there, did it really happen? One important thing to note about the goggles open water functionality is that this podcast was recorded at the middle of July and just about two weeks later on July 30th, 2020, Form Swim is coming out with a big open water update for the goggles. So definitely check this episode's show notes as I'll update the latest from Form over there. I've tested these goggles out and I really think they're amazing. They really do what they say they're going to do. They just work and they work damn well. 
So the goggles right now are going for 199 US dollars. Yes, that might seem like a lot of money, but you are getting a lot of features. You're getting top of the line goggles that can definitely help you and your swim performance. So I'll leave it up to you to listen to the podcast and decide whether these goggles are fit for you. I had a great time with Dan and it was a pleasure to have him on the podcast today. I really felt his passion and excitement for the goggles, and I hope that you do too. So without further ado, here's my chat with Dan Eisenhardt. All right. So Mr. Dan Eisenhardt of Form Swim Goggles, thank you for joining. How's it going today? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Form Swim Goggles, a really great product that you've come to create and innovate with in the swimming and triathlon industry. But before we get into all of that, I like to start with, you know, I know you have a very athletic background, you do triathlon and you swam competitively for a lot of years, but how did you really get into swimming as a kid and what was your progression into triathlon? Well, I come from a family of swimmers, so I actually didn't have much of a choice. Um, I, that's, that's a joke, I always loved swimming, but it was sort of the discussion around the dinner table at home was always swimming. Uh, my grandfather was a Swimmer ever since he once uh, he he won a river crossing in the in the 1920s in our hometown, and he had never taken lessons. So and then he started swimming, and, and his three sons started swimming, and the oldest of them is my dad. And then so we both my brother and I became swimmers. So that that's kind of out of passion, I think, family tradition, and then became passion. And um, and to this day, you know, I love swimming. So that was kind of that was how it came. That was how the I guess the sort of what's what sparked the idea was something else, but it came from the same place. Wow, from family of swimmers. Is it right that you you swam in Florida for a few years? Yeah, correct. I actually went to Indian River and swam there. A lot of Danish people ended up going over there for their program. And uh, so they had a really good international swim team there. And it was just uh, a lot of fun and a lot of hard work at the same time. Now, that was back in the mid-90s, so that's a long time ago. Uh, so around that time, and I believe that's around Fort Pierce, Florida. Is that correct? That's right. It's Fort Pierce, yeah. So in the mid '90s, I was uh, maybe five, six years old, and and the only thing I know about Fort Pierce is it is the one of our rest stops on the Turnpike on the way to Disney World, <laughs> Orlando. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's known for. But there's a really good swim team that's won. I think it's 42 or 43 consecutive national titles, uh, mm-hmm. and that would be in the junior college division um, for men, and I think women are are just behind that. So it's some kind of Guinness record, I think, is, is that many consecutive titles, uh, which is uh, insane. But it's a, it's a great it's a great program. I can recommend it to anybody. It's uh, wow. it's tough. You'll be you'll be doing some hard workouts there for sure. <laughs> well, shout out to anybody from Fort Pierce. Uh, I know whenever I go to Orlando or Gainesville now, I'm going to be thinking about you and uh, and your experience <laughs> swimming there. So that was a really cool fact to to find out. But um, how did you get into triathlon from there? It's kind of a natural progression, I know, for a lot of swimmers. But you know what? I actually didn't get into triathlon until much, much later. In fact, after Form was uh, was founded, and uh, and I thought I had done a couple of sprints, let's say ten years ago, and then um, at, you know with the foam goggles, I just thought it was such a great tool for triathletes, you know, as well as as you know, serious competitive swimmers and fitness swimmers. But really, for triathletes, this was a missing tool, I thought, because mm you're already wearing a wristwatch while you're running and you you know, have a bike computer and you get used to all this data. So I really thought that that would be great for triathletes. And I just started training for it and ended up doing a Kona last oh, wow. year in October. And that was uh, what was lucky to be able to compete on the challenged athlete at foundation team. Okay. Uh, 
Bob Babbitt's to, you know, um, charity. And um, that was an amazing experience uh, to be able to do that. And I, and I thought that was, that was sort of the holy grail of triathlon. Oh, you know, yeah. The Mecca. Yeah, so that, was, that, was, that was great. So now I can call myself a triathlete. I have a little bit of an Achilles injury at the moment. So I'm dealing uh, with that. Just uh, swimming a lot instead in open water almost every day. And so that's, that's not a bad uh, trade-off. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Congrats on uh, getting to Kona. I mean, that's a huge honor and I'm, I'm really glad that you got to experience that. So that well, once, once in a lifetime kind of opportunity, right? I'd agree. I totally. I never thought I'd be able to, to get that opportunity. So I was, I was fortunate uh, when I got it. Wow. So before we get more into form and, and the swim goggles, we have to talk first about uh, recon instruments. So, cause I kind of know that that's where it all started. Was it during your competitive swimming growing up? Did you always have this entrepreneurial spirit and then kind of just put your two passions together? How did, how did recon come about? So I did not come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, I come from a family of engineers. Uh, so apart from swimming, it was always engineering around the, the, the dinner table as well. Um, but it was very serendipitous. I, I ended up doing an exchange program. I was doing my MBA in Australia um, and uh, back in 2005, 6, 7, and ended up doing a, an exchange program to uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And, um, and there I picked an entrepreneurship course. And the first thing you had to do was to stand up in class and pitch an idea that you were passionate about. And I pitched the idea for the swimming goggle mm. with a heads of display. And um, people came over and we had a great team and we ended up actually staying uh, together and founding Recon Instruments wow. and pivoted to a ski goggle because we thought it was just too hard at the time to do the swimming goggle. It was, just like, it was a great, great value proposition, almost the best value proposition for a heads-up display we could come up with because mm-hmm. you have nothing in the pool and now you can have you know, something. But we thought skiing was great. There was the Olympics just around the corner, Winter Olympics in Vancouver in 2010, and we thought that was a good idea. And yeah, we, we went off and started the company and I think developed three, four, five generations of heads of displays for skiing and also for cycling. Uh, and then we got purchased by Intel in 2015. So you were kind of the, one of the pioneers in the, uh, what do you call it, like optical wearable sports space? We were the first company in the world to launch a consumer heads of display. And, um, and we did that in, in, the, in the sports domain. And a lot of people didn't even know we existed for the longest time until we parted with Oakley. Uh, and then all of you know, our, our technology went into Oakley's goggles and a co-branding deal and we sold in the Apple stores around the world. And then suddenly people started to say, oh, well, we have, you know, you just launched, but like we've actually been around for three years. And, uh, <laughs> so that was sort of our coming, coming out party. That was a great partnership. So how was it, uh, what was it like to be purchased by Intel? I'm sure it was pretty good from like an investment standpoint, sharing resources. How, how was that? Well, as an engineer, it's probably the perfect party to, <laughs> to partner up with because there's just so much technology and IP inside Intel uh, that it's like a, a playground for an entrepreneur in that sense. Um, I think for Intel, of course, they have to be at the forefront of anything that's sort of coming up as a new category way before it's a category because their right. uh, life cycles, you know, for developing new silicon is you know, 10 years. So they, they spend money trying out new things and trying to get into new categories. And then they may not happen when they thought they're going to happen. Then they sit and wait a little bit. So this, there's probably an element of this uh, in the acquisition uh, of, of Recon because we were a consumer product company way ahead of its time mm-hmm. and we didn't have mass market yet. Um, and I think, uh, you know, ultimately the division was closed down and I think because of timing, it just wasn't ready. You know, Intel 
only bets on things that can become billion dollar revenue opportunities within you know relatively short time horizon um, when it comes to commercialization of it uh, but so so that market wasn't ready and for, for that bet that they wanted to make but in the vertical in sports you know for me and, and, and most people I talk to it's pretty clear that that's where the opportunity is at for uh, hands-free you know interfaces yeah. as you're moving all the time and swimming is absolutely at the top of that that pyramid I actually checked out some of the old wearables that you created with Recon and saw that, you know, on the Intel page, the, uh, there's no more support for it, but I did see that they had some videos where they were using it in like, uh, the glasses in like a distribution center for picking, which was really cool. But, um, yeah. so uh, although that one page in Intel for those Recon glasses, uh, is no longer there, there is a page on form swim goggles. You have a beautiful website. And now let's get into the company. How did Form come about? Did it come as, a, as an idea in Recon that you kind of sat on the table or what was that all about? Well, the funny thing is that, that original idea um, behind Recon, we ended up pivoting into skiing, right? But that, I actually picked that up again. And, and uh, as a swimmer, that was, that's what I was passionate about. That's what I pitched to the class back in, in 2006. And uh, so I, I knew I had it in me that I wanted to develop uh, this particular product. That it, it was never a fit for, um, for what Recon became because of just how big the platform was. It was an Android-based platform. It was very battery-hungry, and we had you know a camera on there, and it was it was it was a bigger play in the sense of it was more of a platform play. Uh, but I knew that there was a lot of swimmers in the world, and when I looked into the numbers and found out there was 242 active swimmers in the world, that is one of the biggest sports in the world. I actually, even as a swimmer, I was like, holy, I had no idea. And every time I talk, they say, I had no idea. And I say, well, how many swimmers do you know? It's like, well, I know a lot of swimmers. Okay. So, so, so this swimming is huge. And um, so I, I had, um, after about the 16, 18 months market Intel, after we had been acquired, I was, you know, ready to go in on my own mm-hmm. and do this, uh, this, this company. And this, uh, we didn't have this uh, product on the roadmap when we sold to Intel. So there was no issues here in terms of IP so I could basically go off and do this on my own and uh, build the team up and then launched in August last year uh, with with this this product that's now in market. That's really exciting. I think you guys are doing really well. Uh, a lot of great reviews that I've seen online. So let's get into the goggles. So I know, you know, what the main, uh, one of the main features is this display that we have. And I've actually gotten to try them out, which I can give some more comments later. And I think they're absolutely fantastic. Well, let's get into like this display. You see metrics for time and um, splits per, per 100 or, or whichever length of the pool you're doing. Uh, what other features and uh, cool stuff that do the goggles have? So the really cool thing about these goggles is that they're really set and forget. And that's something that I love as a competitive swimmer. And I think any swimmer, if you've ever swum with a wristwatch, which I never would because I come from a competitive swim background, you kind of do the mental math and you look at the pool clock, if you can spot it, if the coach isn't standing in front of you, or if your goggles aren't clogged up, then you try and do the math about, okay, I started on 60 and then, you know, now it's at 37 and I need to start on, on the top. So you always sort of look doing that mental math and you don't get quite accurate splits and they're, go- they're gone as soon as you've actually swum and they're never captured uh, unless you do a certain set and your coach is lucky to capture the times, but the coach never writes them down. So there's no record and it's a very, uh, you know, a lot of hassle and while you're swimming, you don't know what you're doing. So that's what we wanted to change. If we didn't want it to be something where you had to stop and push a button and like we wanted it to be very seamless. Uh, and that was the hard part. And uh, especially when you have a pair of goggles on, obviously on your face and they're on your wrists. So the movements are very subtle. 
and you have to then automate, you know, all these different metrics. So you have the splits, as you mentioned, you've got the pace per hundred, uh, you've got your um, heart rate if you have a polar uh, OH1 connected. Mm -hmm. So that basically sits in a little cradle on the temples to okay. the goggle strap, and that's our partner. Very accurate heart rate. That was amazing. The first time you can see that live is just, you know, I've been swimming for almost 40 years and I've never seen my heart rate swimming. And I didn't know it was that high or that low, depending on what I'm doing. So that's, I mean, critical. You expect that in other sports, but in swimming, people just, for some reason, don't even complain that they don't have it. But it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a huge, huge thing. So we've got, we've got uh, you know, 12 metrics there. And, and, and really, the, the time splits are the most important ones, I think, for somebody who you know, cares about, you know, how, how good am I doing? What, how, how hard am I working right now in terms of what I'm supposed to work? Um, and, uh, and it keeps, it keeps track of your uh, rest as well. So if you're doing 10 times 100, for example, as a set, start 130, uh, then, you know, you come in on the 120, you don't even have to look up at the pool clock. It just keeps the interval time. It gives you your time for that hundred and then it keeps on counting. And when it gets to 130, you start, and then it starts oh. the, the clock again. Wow. So it's a, it's that, that, that is just that timekeeping and the rest, uh, timer and, and then a ability during my swim to see my pace per hundred and my split every time I turn, I can see what my, my split was. And then, then the heart rate. And if I go into stroke mechanics, I can see my stroke rate as well and my distance per stroke and my stroke count. <laughs> uh, so, and if you want to see calories, you can see that too. So it sort of depends on, you know, what I feel like on the day, what I'm actually doing. Um, then, uh, and for triathlon, I would usually just use the, you know, the pace per hundred, the, the stroke rate and the heart rate and then my timer. And I get everything I need that I would get if I was running for cycling. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a good point because uh, as triathletes and if you're, you swim or if you bike or run in general, you know, you have your watch on you and all this data is right there. You know, if I'm running, just pick up my arm. Okay, there's, there's my time and, and heart rate and all that. And when you're cycling too, you can just kind of look down or look at your watch or the bike computer, but, um, totally know what you mean, how you don't use a watch in the pool. I, I use a watch. I have a Garmin Phoenix three. I mean, prior to getting the goggles, of course, which I won't use anymore because <laughs> I won't need it anymore, but, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just not natural when you do your flip turn or you turn to look at your watch as part of your stroke. When I, when I turn, flip turn in the pool, I would do a couple of strokes and then do this weird arm movement to kind of glance at my watch to see yeah. the time. When I tried the, the form goggles out, there was no need to do that. I mean, I could go on with some of the things I noticed, but uh, right now with the pools being closed, well, actually they just reopened, but I'm still not going to the gym just as a precaution. I have yeah. a pool in my community and it's 20 meters. So I know one of the cool things about the goggles is you can set a custom distance of a pool. Now, when I would do that with my Garmin Phoenix 3, set it to 20 meters, it could not count 20 meters for its life. I don't know what it is, but it's just terrible at um, tracking the lengths, the 20 meter lengths, 25, 50, perfectly fine. But when I tried the form goggles to the T, every time, right when I turned, beautifully told me my split per 20 meters. I was like, wow, this is, like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is awesome. And um, like you said, all this data is right there. You have all the metrics and it seems like it can really be used for anybody, whether you're a beginner triathlete to the most advanced swimmer. And then you have the app, which you can kind of break all those things down. You've partnered with a few uh, pro, pro triathletes and Olympians. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How have the, the swimming community received the goggles? You know what's really well? Swimming obviously has been completely underserved in terms of technology. Uh, if you look at just like what's, what's been in the swimming world, it's been 
most swimmers have, and most competitive swimmers, if not all, have, have never even worn a wristwatch during practice. Like, so they, they have, you know, a, a coach doing the, the workout for them. And then they sort of try to put together some and remember the times that they've done. Um, but so we partnered up with both, you know, Olympians on the, um, on the swimming side uh, and also with uh, triathletes that are, you know, multiple Ironman uh, winners, uh, Sarah Crowley. Mm. As, is is one of them, Laura Phillip from Germany. Uh, there we just um, uh, we just uh, partnered with Lionel uh, Sanders there. So we've nice. got great triathletes that are embracing our goggles at, at, even beyond the partnership. So it's not because we sent them a pair and said they they should try them. They actually tried them and and came to us and said we really want to partner with you. This is a great tool. And mm. those are sort of the kind of partnerships that we want. We, we want to really be recognized as this is so such a good tool. It's essential. You, you leave home without them, you, you'll drive back 10 miles to get them. Wow. Um, and, and I think one of the things, you know, obviously it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great tool, but it's also in the water. It's also a great tool out of the water. You can look through the app there and, and, and just revisit your, your main stats. And, and if you can see that you're working too hard, for something it will show up in the, in, in the stats like you, you know your stroke rate goes let's say way up towards the end of your let's say 10 by 200 or 5 by 400 if you're doing pacing there um and your distance per strokes going down so your technique is deteriorating and what will happen when you do that you'll see your heart rate spike as well mm-hmm. and and that's a problem right because it'll 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 hit you on the run and right. in an ironman right or even a half ironman so there you've got to learn how to get better techniques so you can stay relatively stable on your stroke rate and, uh, and yeah, you have a little bit of deterioration, but it shouldn't be much. And then, so you can kind of keep track of those things while you swim. And that's much, much better to, to do than to try afterwards when you're tired to go home on the couch and try and, and figure out, you know, uh, you know, what you have to do on your next, next workout. If you can't then also monitor those metrics during your next workout instead of after the workout. So that's just a way of, of we always say we can make you, um, you know, faster, quicker. Mm-hmm. so it's just like that learning loop is just much shorter and this is something that of course we've come to expect in running and cycling and now we can do that in swimming as well certainly and definitely this learning loop can extend beyond the athlete and with the coaches as well right they all can take a look at the data afterwards so the app connects with say like training peaks and strava and all that is that right yeah yeah that's correct uh that that's been a big priority for us i'm a big fan of both communities i mean training peaks as a triathlete we live in training peaks even when i'm on holiday i just make sure that i have a certain base <laughs> of my you know, fatigue score there so i don't go completely uh, out of shape um so that's something that you know we're an open platform and and we're you know connected to apple health of course as well uh and um i think you have to be, be uh, connected to services mm-hmm. if you're uh, if you're you know, want to be a, a serious brand Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the cool things that I liked about the goggles too was setup was really easy. I mean, it was powered on and connect to the app. So really seamless uh, setup, really easy to set up. Let's talk about the build quality because with goggles with so much functionality in them, how was it to design the build quality and make sure that these are goggles that are built to last? You know what, when we were designing these, um, there was a requirement that we had to be as good as the best swimming goggles out there in terms of fit and better in terms of quality because you can't just buy these goggles for what we think is cheap, 199 when you get a tracking device and a pair of goggles and it has a display in one. If you put those together, it's going to be way over four or 500 bucks right normally. So 
in comparable markets. So, um, so for us, we still think it's cheap, but we also recognize that when they sit inside a pair of goggles, you know, if you have to replace them every three or six or what, eight months, then it becomes expensive. So we had to make sure they were durable. So that was our North Star actually was mm. um, yeah, that they, the goggles had to fit really well. They had to be durable. So we selected for all the different materials. We selected only high-grade materials. We went way above and beyond uh, the, the quality of uh, compared to any other goggle out there today in the market. And um, and uh, it comes all the way down to the coatings that we're using both inside and outside the goggles and, and the anti-fog. And so that we sort of, everything, we, we, we sort of uh, spent a little bit extra and did a lot of work with those suppliers to try and uh, make it sort of perfect for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was a big and we had 3d printers so the way we got to this design was we were 3d printing overnight and then we were basically swimming with these weird looking goggles <laughs> that you couldn't see through unless you cut the, the front and put a piece of glass on them with gorilla glue and and then but we were sort of testing for different things at different times we said we were testing the silicon eye seals for example different grades of, of silicon eye seals and then we tested that and then next time we would test you know peripheral vision then we test you know drag and we would put fins on and go full blast. You know, Olympians would do that and we'd see if something happened and whether they would come off. And so we, uh, we were really rigorous in the testing. We have a team that's, you know, shipped five, six generations of heads of displays over the last 10 years because a lot of the people from Intel came into, into form or Intel Recon came to form. And uh, so, so we, we were lucky to keep that domain expertise in the family, so to speak, um, when, they, when they closed down the division. Wow. So it really seems like you guys just ran this through the gauntlet and and testing and taking care of all the scenarios. Uh, The goggles feel like they're of quality. I'm sure that they can take a beating. It comes with a nice case, but I'm sure that if someone drops it, they have nothing to worry about, but hopefully they don't drop it because I would take care of these like really, really carefully. Yeah. (laughs) With all that functionality packed in there, it still looks sleek. It looks sexy. I mean, it it doesn't look like you're wearing a like a cyborg eyepiece, it's it look, it's looking good. Yeah, I, I know, and that, that was one of the things. You know, it was a surprise to me as well because obviously, I I thought maybe we had to wait till Gen two uh, or Gen three to get to where I was like, wow, wow, I don't even notice them anymore. And then we'd get the early adopters in and all that stuff. But uh, it was pretty clear to me after just two swims with them um, with the early prototypes there that I had gotten used to them. And yeah, it's a different feeling when you put them on for sure. But it's more because you are staring at that display and you forget to breathe almost the first couple of lengths. And then, and then you start to think sometimes you look to the right or your left side, depending on where you're wearing the module, uh, then, um, then you, know, you can see that there's something there. But it's, it's very, it doesn't take long, as you probably noticed yourself before. It's just secondhand. That, that, that experience just takes over so fast. Yes. And, and the feeling of the goggles, I think, is better than I, w- I was wearing the Swedish goggles for you know, my entire swimming career. And I thought they were the best goggles. And I, I go back now for fun when I'm, you know, at the beach or whatever. And I'm just like, they hurt so much. <laughs> I actually <laughs> wearing home goggles at the beach too. It's pretty nerdy. But um, <laughs> it's okay. We have open water functionality launching soon, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But that's, so that makes yeah. it more relevant. Yeah, actually, I think that's a perfect topic to get into next. Uh, open water, big for triathletes, definitely a huge opportunity. So um, how does the open water functionality work with the goggles? Yeah, so we thought a lot about this and we were thinking, should we make a GPS puck and put it on the back of your head and then you have to connect to it and that's another piece you have to connect to. And we looked at, well, what are triathletes actually wearing today? Well, they're already wearing a really good expensive watch that they use for their run. And we thought, well, how can we make something where we could use that GPS on the watch? 
you know, so you don't have to buy it on the device and make it more seamless. So we started testing with, with uh, Garmin and Apple Watches and see if we could make a, a good connection uh, when you're swimming freestyle. And lo and behold, we could get a good uh, solid Bluetooth connection. Nice. And then most of the work was on the UX and the smoothing and all the other algorithms that makes it look, you know, nice and easy for the, for the swimmer in the end, uh, which has taken some time. But um, we, I would say that's another wild moment there, I think, going out in open water and, uh, and swimming with those, uh, with those goggles. And you can see your distance and you can see your pace. Wow. And, you know, and in open water and your heart rate from the wrist as well. It just changes. It's a game changer, especially during COVID times when a lot of people, they can't get to pools. Yeah. And they go and, and swim outside. And now it's just like doing a workout in that pool. You, you get all those metrics and you know how far you swim. And it, it's entertaining and it kind of settles your mind because when you're in the ocean or in the lake, it's mm -hmm. kind of sort of the infinity there. A lot of people, I know, especially competitive swimmers, like they, they have a hard time because they're used to looking at the line at the bottom of right. the pool and suddenly there's, there's nothing, right? It's just like, so right. this also kind of grounds you to what you are used to and it keeps you entertained and informed while you're swimming. This is great. Yeah, that's amazing. I actually got chills listening to that. I mean, this is just a game changer in the ocean. I mean, over here, I, I live about two miles from, uh, from Fort Lauderdale Beach. Uh, I've swam there a few times. I've swam in, um, in Biscayne Bay a few times, but there's it's just like the unknown when you get out there and generally there's where you swim, there's no buoys and there's sh sharks sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, you've no. got a whole different problem down there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was, we did some workouts, uh, yeah. actually, um, near in Fort Lauderdale. When, yeah. When we uh, were found just like cross training and I was always sort of paranoid about, well, there's going to be a shark something <laughs> popping up. It never happened, but uh, yeah, I, I imagine you'd like to have something else to focus on. Yeah, I mean, having that just... Well, did you actually use it in Kona? Did you have the goggles? I did. That's a good question. I actually did. I had a special build. Uh, so nobody knew at the time that we were even thinking about open water. Uh, and uh, so what I had was I had a special build that actually... Uh, I just had the timer at the top. And then I had the Polo OH1 so I could see my heart rate at the bottom. Oh, and, and it was amazing because, of course, you know, the halfway point. So I know roughly what, you know, when I, how I'm going to finish. And I could see my heart rate and, and manage it. And I had to really start swimming slower on the way back because I gassed myself a bit just getting away, you know, from the group. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was sort of, you know, hitting in the 160s. And I'm like, okay, I got to get back into the 140s because otherwise it's going to hurt on the run. And I slowed way down. And that maybe cost me two or three minutes on the swim, but may have saved me an hour on that on the, on the Ironman. Right. So yeah. I, wow. it's good luck trying to do that on your watch. Right. So yeah, that's awesome that you got to use them over there and there, these are Kona, you know, Kona certified or Kona tested. Um, Kona tested yeah. yeah. One of the things I noticed was, uh, when I was sighting. So if there's like beginner triathletes on here, sighting is when you look up to see where you're going when you're in the open water. When I looked up the screen display with the metrics, it wasn't like right in front of my eye. It wasn't blocking my, my view. It was just a little bit lower than that. And I'm not sure if it's yeah. my unit or that's the way it's intended, but that was really helpful for, for when you sight. I think what, what you're experiencing there is that you're actually using the other eye uh, to sight. And so, and that's, so I, I have mine on, so I swim with my watch on my, um, left arm and then you have to make sure the module is on your left arm and your breathing side it's super simple to set up but that's something that you'll go through onboarding there 
Um, so when I when I'm sighting, I just use the eye that's I can I can see that I'm I'm dominant on the eye that doesn't look through the to the display because mm. the display is really right in the middle of yeah. of the goggles there. But it makes you uh, that that's kind of funny how that works. It works. I don't know why, but it does work. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to. Yeah, that's definitely cool. It's definitely not a hindrance. You get used to it when you're swimming. And like you said, when you're in the open water, it's nice to have that those metrics there for, quite frankly, if you're alone swimming, it's nice to have something there with you. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. But to clarify, I mean, this is just personal for me, but to clarify it, I mean, this is a see-through display. You can see straight through it Yes. if you want to. Uh, so it doesn't really obtrude at all. Uh, so even if I was looking and sighting with the same eye there it would make almost no difference because of probably what you've experienced is that it's just not obtrusive. Uh, but we all develop our own techniques for how we're actually sighting. But um, yeah, I don't think people will have a problem with that. Great. So I, I guess the I'm actually a, a software engineer too, and I guess the developer in me just has a question about the testing life cycle of how does this work with if you're developing a new feature and I assume like in-house at HQ, you have your, your like automation testing hooked up to the hardware. But when you want to test this out, do you guys just hop over to the local pool like in the afternoon or do you save that all for like another time? You know, you batch test, batch field test the, the goggles. Yeah, that's a great question. As an engineer, that is the right question to ask. I mean, usually the bottleneck is the, the testing, right? It's QA. Also, in-house, because you've got different platforms that you're connecting to. So we're connecting like Android. It's not just Android. It's tons of different Android phones as well. Um, so you've got, you've got that piece. And for now, for the watches, you've got three Garmin watches and three Apple watches for the open water experience. Um, so there's a lot there just internally. But then the most important part, the field testing, we have our internal team. We swim. Uh, we have always Wednesdays. So we're swimming at the pool. So there's 10, 15 of us there. Um, and then um, we have also people coming in on other days, like Monday or Friday. When we open water testing, we have two days, sometimes three days a week where we're testing. And uh, typically there's anywhere between five and sort of 10 people there across software and product. And I, I'm usually there too. Um, so that's, that's kind of the learning loop. But if you look at then after we've tested internally, then we have, uh, we have three waves of beta testing. And that's a global test. So we've always been very particular on not just having formies, of, as we call ourselves, test and say it's okay. Uh, we do it internally to make sure it's robust and then we release it. And we've got, uh, I think we had like, somewhere between 500,000 applications for becoming beta testers for this open water feature. Uh, completely organic and uh, so we had to turn a lot of people down but we have you know hundreds of testers uh, around the world right now in the water and I can see them on my special build pop up everywhere and there was even one popping up just around the corner in Greece where I'm actually at right now on a, on a, a little vacation as I, as I call it and um, that was kind of funny to see that, that there, was a, there was a beta tester there but that, that's kind of how it works and then of course communicating that feedback back to the engineering team is in our age, you know, electronic age, it's pretty, mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to use all the standard tools. And, uh, and it's, you know, it just, that, that just kind of uh, goes into the, into the machine. But there's a mm -hmm. lot of swims, a lot of iteration on, on every single part of the product. Yeah, well, that sounds like a really cool job to be at. Oh, let's let's go over the pool. We're gonna do some testing. Let's go, let's go swim laps. Um, that's that's really awesome. You guys have a good system of in-house testers and development and beta testers to make sure you know if ever there's some kind of bug or functionality glitch, you guys are on top of it and just fix that right away. So I couldn't help when you were explaining um, about the team and stuff. 
I saw this commercial on YouTube for the goggles. I thought it was a, it was a phenomenal commercial, kind of just advertising the goggles. I had to ask, I like the part where you turned from uh, angry Dan into action Dan, because you're like, oh, I need these goggles. This needs to be fixed. And then it cut to the scene where you're in the pool in like your dress clothes. Yeah. <laughs> what was filming that like? I mean, we, I had to ask. It was that's, that's you're the first one to ask me that question. Usually, when we talk about the video, it's the holy shit holy moment shit. there, with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great moment. Or the flip of the camera, the flip of the script, and the camera flips. Yep. So um, we just we just had a phenomenal director working with us out of California, actually, um, and um, this was this was an amazing experience. And we worked for a long for months and months on the script and and how we should tell the story. And we we wanted to have a bit of humor in there, which was important mm -hmm. for us. And not take ourselves too serious. Often in swimming, you see these sort of, it's sort of very dark, uh, hero-based, uh, with some really sort of masculine music, and then like a, you know Michael Phelps or whatever doing something, you know, crazy chin-ups or something. And we, we we actually wanted to be a little bit more approachable and uh, human, so to speak, and be like, you know, it's this is what swimming's like, and then kind of show that uh, window into into swimming. Um, and, but it, that particular moment there was just that uh, I actually had to stand on a table in the middle of a pool in the middle of the night because we had to shoot for three or two or three days straight wow. around the clock in, uh, in a pool in Vancouver. And uh, so that we took that scene a lot of times because it was actually hard to get that uh, table to be stable underneath because mm -hmm. it was in the deep end there. And I was kind of <laughs> uh, trying to stay, stay on top there on it. But uh, that, was, that was fun. I think it worked, it worked out fine in the end. I'll definitely link up the commercial on YouTube in the show notes. It's there's a lot going on, but it was just a great commercial. It was really fun, like you said, great music, uh, the acting and and the videography was was on point. So it, it was it was really cool. I'll definitely link that up. Um, so, what were some of the differences in creating this swim goggle with, say, like ski goggles back in the recon uh, instruments days? Were you able to reuse some code algorithms or hardware or, you know, how did that go? Do you know what? It was all development from scratch. It's a completely different situation, a different product that we don't have the phone with us. The, the ski experience was very much, you're connecting to your phone as well. We had GPS in the goggles. We had a full color, big display. We could connect a GoPro camera and you could basically use your little display as a viewfinder and we had a remote control and you get a text message you saw it in the display and there was navigation as well you could do body tracking it was a full immersive sort of smart device experience wow. that is not swimming like mm. swimming is very different it's very you know performance based so you just want to see much less but you want it to be contextually relevant and you can't have a phone with you so it has to all be done in real time on the device that is tiny so you have to be able to make a very compact piece of electronics and then you have to make sure it's still low power because you can't have a big battery there on your goggles because it's going to be, create too much drag. Uh, and then storing all this data, you're running all these sensors in real time. Where is that going to go? So you need to understand how to do compression and how to be able to do all this and serve it up with no lag. That was extremely hard to do. And, and, and one of the things that we saw from the beginning was we needed to use machine learning uh, or, or AI to be able to solve this problem. Otherwise, we'd have to write you know millions of code to account for all these different situations. You know, you put your goggles on your forehead. You're are you really stopping? Or are you in the bathroom? Are you like all these different <laughs> movements that you now have? If you have a set and forget device where basically it has to auto detect everything you're doing, including rest, and you never have to touch it, that was very difficult to do. But luckily, machine learning 
and that has come very far in other domains as well in terms of expertise that engineers have so we could recruit for that and and then the domain expertise that we had from building other products as well just in terms of the process the engineering process when you have heads-up displays where you have where you do everything on the stack you from the optics to the firmware on the device uh to the you know software on the app on the phone uh, to the web back end and everything in between has to sort of mesh together uh, and be synchronous and um that's uh, and if just one thing breaks there then everything you know, it doesn't matter you have the best optics in the world if the right. metrics you show don't aren't accurate right so that is a very challenging thing so if it comes down to process and domain expertise and then of course you fight all the battles as well in the trenches day to day uh but it's uh we yeah it was great to basically see the result and be able to launch the product at a time when we thought we were ready to go. We did not uh, announce anything. We were basically in stealth the whole time mm. and did not do a Kickstarter campaign. We funded it the whole way until start, until we shipped it. And, uh, and I felt really good about that or something that I wanted to do from, you know, uh, for years actually, just to be able to launch it when it's ready. Yeah, it seems like it was kind of just the perfect time with, you know, your your garnered expertise with your team from recon and Intel. And then now machine learning is really taking up maturity uh, in, in the market. So just all these perfect things coming together and then you guys launched. Yeah, it's been doing really great. And I think it's it's cool that you mentioned how it's supposed to be a seamless experience when you're swimming. One of the things I like about swimming is just, it just kind of takes me away. You know, I get into that zone where everything, you know, swimmers high, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to have these goggles on and then I'm going to have these metrics in front of me. Like, is that going to take away from that experience? Which I found that it actually helps my experience in getting into that swimming high zone because prior to having the goggles, I would have to, one, check my watch to see my distance and my time and kind of just calculate, okay, so this is how I'm doing. But now when you have the goggles on there, you kind of just forget it's there. But if it's, if the metric, if you want to see the metrics, it's right there. So all the more, I don't have to interrupt my stroke every 50 or 100 meters by checking my arm or doing some weird, awkward movement. So seamless. And that's, that's really cool that you guys um, thought about that from the get go. Yeah, thanks. So that, that was definitely the intent uh, from the beginning. And there are many, I think, as you mentioned, benefits that you don't realize until much later on because you didn't realize they were part of your habits with the old technology in the old world. Uh, and then you realize, well, how did I put up with this for so long? We've heard that many times. Um, we even had people that said, well, you should, you know, I don't really want to see it in real time. I just want to track it and I just want to try it out. So I need to dim the display. And so we ended up actually putting it in there also just for the sort of the, this paradigm of digital minimalism. We thought, okay, people should be able to just shut up, shut off the display and dim it, but nobody ever does it. So it's in there and if you want, you can go in and dim your display, but once you get used to it, there's no going back from it. There's yeah. just no going back because it's just like, it's just darkness again and going yeah. back to what it was before. That's almost impossible. Yeah, definitely. I saw that setting there. Is that the brightness is what you're referring to? You can turn the brightness up and down? Well, you can do that too. So that's one way, but the lowest brightness will still see, you'll still see the, the metrics, um, but it actually has a dim display as well. So you can basically uh -oh. turn off the display and it's still tracking in the background. So just in case you have a day where it's just like, I don't want to look at this. You, know, you can, <laughs> you can dim, dim the display and that might happen, right? So we, we put it in there for that same reason. We didn't want to force anybody to use it, but it's also nice to see that nobody's dimming their displays. So it's, yeah, you have the option if you want to, you have it. Yeah. <laughs>
So uh, with the you know, innovation of the goggles, what other tech, what other innovation do you see in the triathlon space coming up? Uh, I actually had Andy Blow from Precision Hydration on uh, a couple of weeks ago and they do hydration. And he was seeing like wearables tracking your sweat and your salt loss. So do you see any um, technology coming up in the triathlon space? Yeah. I mean, as somebody who actually had a very hard time uh, absorbing liquid on my Ironman in Hawaii, like many others do, because it's really the fourth discipline is nutrition. Mm. Um, and you just like sort of the last minute thing, you go, oh, okay, I'm going to need this much water and this much. But then you don't realize that, you know, when you're working hard, you're on your sixth, seventh hour and like just you know, really on a really hot road uh, in, in Hawaii, you know, your body works in different ways. So... I do think that nutrition is something that is sort of that is a key problem to solve. That you can get that, that information in real time, and then during training you can get you can get to know your body a little bit faster without having to again trial and error and having a long learning loop. And there's too many variables you can isolate them. So I, I do think there's technology out there. It's not easy to to solve. Uh, I think having the ability to in real time analyze your glucose uh, levels and be able to um, to see that and monitor that in real time. I know that's sort of the holy grail for a lot of wearables, and I think mm -hmm. Apple has been chasing that for a while, and it's, it's coming. Um, then that's that's super interesting. But I think there's many sensors out there. I really think the sensor play is really just uh, in the early innings. I mean, there's so mm -hmm. many sensors out there from a biometric perspective, and uh, that where that you could add that would be able to talk to your device. And then now in that in that world having a some kind of a heads-up display experience becomes even more important because now you've got that that command center that you need because otherwise why would you have all that information connecting to an interface that you can't see right. that's inconvenient to see so i think i think it's all going towards more instant inf consumption of information more effortless mm -hmm. and with ai <clears throat> being able to curate this and serve it up in the right time and be able to be make it more accurate as well and more sensors that have been developed and researched in this field uh, of you know, biometrics, and I think uh, product types for nutrition, I think will really be extremely impactful for triathletes. Yeah, I agree totally. I mean, I, didn't, I haven't even thought about that, but now that you brought it up, I mean, real-time analytics on your nutrition and how your your body is reacting to the conditions. I mean, that sounds right. really amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, do you need electrolytes now? Yeah. Do you need eat? in 20 minutes, because if you eat in 10 minutes, it's 10 minutes too late. And then you may go into a cramp, you know, what, what about your hydration levels? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and even, you know, maybe your muscle as well. There could be all kinds of sensors that could help you with that. And, uh, and I, th I think, I hope that there'll be investments going into that because mm -hmm. there are very hard problems to solve, yeah. but they, they can be solved, I believe. So if there's any entrepreneurs out there or pioneers in the triathlon tech space, you heard it here first from us. What's next for, for Form Swim goggles? So any cool features that you have in the horizon? So that's the thing. I've never actually said, okay, this is a feature that's coming until it is actually coming. Uh, uh, we just, you know, you don't want to say something that's not going to happen. I think more broadly speaking, obviously, open water swimming, uh, which we'll release uh, very soon. Uh, over the summer here is going to be a big one, I think, um, and especially for triathletes, uh, but also for swimmers that are just can't get to a pool or just enjoy swimming outdoors. Now they, they can have that experience as well. Um, so that will sort of complete the circle, I think, for, for triathletes, because uh, we heard from the beginning, triathletes were saying, yeah, it's awesome with the, in the pool. And I spend 99% of the time in the pool, but when can you do open water? It was always like, <laughs> when you can do open water, I will for sure buy the product right and so so that's that's something that we were hoping to, to, to close that loop 
And I think more broadly speaking, you know, what we're thinking about is, you know, and we're listening to feedback from customers is how can we use this interface to really elevate the game? Mm. You know, we're showing metrics, we're tracking, we can, we're thinking more in terms of, well, we we'd be, would rather be able to lead you and then track you, right? So we're tracking is sort of uh, yesterday's paradigm. And that's, and that's, of course, adding the heads-up display experience is completely new and, and revolutionary. But the next sort of big leap is going to be in uh, a more intelligent device that can mm-hmm. tell you things um, that uh, where it uses the tracking to basically make you, make you faster and better, uh, yeah. quicker, and give you more structure. So that's something we're looking at, and we are listening to feedback. And that's always what we say. We're just open to emails if you have ideas, and we basically look at those things and test things out. And then at some point we will uh, announce it. And then we only announce when we're ready to basically, we know we can do it. Sweet. So if anyone's on the fence about getting these goggles, they're basically going to get better and better and better over time. So without a doubt, I think, you know, this is a great tool for any swimmers out there. Uh, is there anything else that you want to bring up about the goggles or the form swim company? Well, the only thing I didn't mention was that, the open water experience is also uh, possible without any of the watches. So, um, so if you don't have the compatible watch and you can go on our uh, website and formswim.com and see what watches are compatible, then you can swim also. Of course, you don't get the GPS, but you can get your live stroke rate. And if you have your uh, OH1, oh. OH1 connected, you get your heart rate and you get your timer. And uh, so, so in many ways, that that's actually really good i swam like i said with the timer and the, and the heart rate in kona and that was just a phenomenal uh, mm-hmm. experience um, so so that's that's great uh, that the goggles themselves as well give a good open water experience uh, when when we uh, launch here soon so even without a watch you can see your distance in the goggles is that right so or that's good that you're clarifying that no you cannot uh, at this stage we don't have gps uh, in okay. the goggles um so but we are you know um working on making the, the open water experience mm-hmm. just with the goggles better and better and better. Just like you said, this is not, this is more of a platform. We're connecting to more and more services. We're building new features out and we're using machine learning in new ways. Uh, so there's many things that we can do that we never thought we could do when we started the company. So we can, we'll, we'll keep going and, uh, and only of course launch features that we know are going to be uh, 10x on, on today. Gotcha. So are there any words of advice or words of wisdom that you have for uh, swimmers out there? Maybe like the beginners who are just getting into the sport to get into swimming. Yeah. In general, because I think there's a lot of people out there who would like to get into it, but uh, whatever the barrier is for them, it's really a great sport to get into in general. And uh, obviously a key piece of triathlon also. You know, it's a good uh, question there because I think a lot of people out there grow up loving water and I, I certainly Everybody I know have loved water when they were kids, and then they kind of they may swim a little bit in high school, and then they get away from it, and they don't want to go back. And it is hard, motivational wise. It's hard, you know. You're in the pool alone, and you suddenly you feel like you're out of shape and all this stuff because it is a different element. You can be a marathon runner, and you can you know just suck in the pool because it's just <laughs> a different set of muscles you're using. Yes. I'm out of the pool for a week, and I hate myself in the pool. I'm just like, ah, I'm so tired now. So <laughs> I think you know we all have that feeling, and I think this tool. It not only keeps you accountable in terms of you know what you're doing, but it's also great motivation. Mm-hmm. And I really feel that it it's gotten me into the pool more than I would have otherwise done if I didn't have those goggles. Because I just feel like this finally, I'm not alone in the pool anymore. I can see this, and that hour goes by much faster. 
and then I find myself going in the app all the time, just like checking stuff out and oh, oh that's interesting. That's, that's crazy. I actually am super slow on that third 50. I had no idea. And uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of cool in that way, both the real time experience and the offline experience and then being able to share with the community that kind of makes it just more fun for yeah. anybody. And it doesn't matter if you're a triathlete or a competitive swimmer or a beginner fitness swimmer. We've heard people, you know, write to us that are in their sixties and they're just, used to like swimming and they sort of get back into it and they didn't really think it was for them, but maybe somebody gave it to them in a gift or something. And then they just go, Whoa, this just kind of <laughs> made it fun for them to swim. So I think for anybody thinking about picking up swimming again or going into swimming, this is just a tool that will, it'll get a higher chance for you to actually stay in the pool and, and go to practice more, more times a week. Cause it's fun. It's not always hard work. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I mean, I'm pumped up to go swimming now too. I hope you all out there are as well. And I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Where can uh, where can people find more information about the goggles? Website, social media, and all that stuff. Yeah, so formswim.com is our site. We ship uh, globally uh, from that that site. There's a lot of information there. I think you mentioned as well. We did have been reviewed quite a, quite a bit. So there's I mean hundreds and hundreds of, of articles out there written by many different news outlets. Uh, so I think there's, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, Amazon as well as a channel. Uh, and we're in most Amazon, Amazon uh, sites around the world now, uh, including you know, Europe and Australia and Japan. So, uh, so there's really, uh, there's no excuse in terms of having, being able to get them. So it's more about reading up on it and seeing if it's something that, that can, if you think can elevate your game. Great. Well, uh, I'll link up all the places that you can buy the goggles in the show notes. And just wanted to say thank you so much, Dan, for coming on the podcast. You know, I'm speaking as someone who is a triathlete and uh, in the tech space as well. I can really appreciate the innovation you've brought into the swimming game, the triathlon game, and into the technology space in general. So it's really great stuff. Um, honestly, I'm honored to have you on today and I appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me on. Thanks for your great questions. And, and I can see you're passionate about the sport uh, and about the goggles as a software engineer you know, <laughs> yourself. So uh, it was a pleasure talking, talking to you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. See you. Thank you. Yeah. So that was me and Dan Eisenhart, the CEO of Form Swim Goggles. Such a great guy. It was really cool that he took time out of his workation in Greece to be on the show. If you might have missed it in the intro, Form is announcing a big open water update on July 30th, 2020. So be sure to check out this episode's webpage show notes for the latest on open water functionality. Be sure to check out Form Swim on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh yeah, I'll also link up their awesome commercial on YouTube in the show notes as well. While you're at it, you can check me out on Instagram as well at The Triathlete Beat, on Twitter at Triathlete Beat, and on YouTube at Jeremy Try, where I post vlogs, triathlon tips, and video snippets of the podcast. All of our social media links and more will be posted on this episode's webpage show notes for your convenience. And last but not least, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please leave a review and subscribe on whichever podcast app that you're using and share it with some friends. It would truly mean so much to me and really help the podcast get out there into the world. All right, that's all I have for today. I will see you in the next episode. Until then, train happy, have fun, and just try. Thanks for taking a seat with the triathlete.